again if this is your first time listening to the move swiftly podcast welcome to the show great to have you to my regular listeners you already know how i get down right to the point and you already know what i'm about i'm a you know what i'm about man i'm about teamwork i'm about teamwork i'm about teamwork and my most recent book the most recent book i put out the six figure athlete converting your skills into cash we have had multiple of those authors. The, the book is actually written with nine other authors. And I've had, um, the goal is to have all of the authors on. I've had the m- most of them. But today I have another guy who was an author, who's a co-author with me. His name is Alex Opachich. And he, you know, the I read his chapter. And it, honestly, Alex, it felt like I was reading my biography. You know, I, I felt like I was reading my story. <laughs> Because so many, and you guys know, I grew up in Maryland, man. You know, that, that's missed, that's basketball state. So I'm, I know I'm a former football player, but basketball has always been a, a sport in which I, I truly admire. And I have a great, great deal of admiration for basketball players and what they go through. So, you know, I have Alex Opachich on with all that. Now, before I make the intro too long, because I can, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thanks for coming on, my man. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. And I'll, I'll take that as a massive compliment that you read uh, my story and compare it to your bio because your story is incredible. Um, I, re- I, was, I reread your chapter earlier this morning. So, man, I'll take that as a massive compliment. Start with you because you you've said it. You said it not only in the book, but I also went on your we're going to get into your your company athlete to business. We're going to get in that get that take a real deep dive into that later. But you you talked about Michael Jordan and you talked about the influence, the basketball world and how you fell in love with it. I think the best way to start off the, the conversation is just let's pick it up there, because as a, you know, again, like I said, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. Basketball was the dominant sport. And one of the things I did mention in my chapter is I was terrible. I was absolutely trash <laughs> as a basketball player. And I felt so left out. But you know, you you were someone that actually went on to play pro, played some semi-pro like me. You had some knee surgeries and and things, and and you have to fit. You have to figure things out. So let's just start off with you know when you first fell in love with basketball and where where did your career kind of take you? Yeah, no, for sure. I actually uh, first fell in love with uh, with, with football, um, soccer, um, the round ball game because I grew up in Croatia. Serbia, mm-hmm. that's what I grew up in that, like, you know, so- soccer's uh, life over there. Um, and I moved to Australia when I was about 10 years old, but I had a massive growth spurt. Um, I, I don't know how, how tall I was in feet, but I was like two heads taller than every other 10 year old out there. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I, when I turned, so I kept playing, I kept playing um, soccer here and I got so tall, it was just really awkward 
on the on the on the on the soccer pitch. So my dad got me into basketball. I was around twelve, and um, just you know naturally because of my height, I started dominating straight away. And I had I had that footwork and coordination that I developed from soccer. Uh, and, yes. and I, um, yeah, I just started dominating in basketball. That's, you know, I started watching the Bulls, right. And Michael Jordan, uh, and, and fell in love with the game so much. And quickly it was, it consumed me. It's all I did all day, every day. I'd, I'd even take, I dribble a ball to school. School was walking. Primary school was, mm-hmm. um, I believe you call it elementary school. It was yeah. walking. We call it primary school. Yeah. It was walking distance to, to my house. I'd dribble the ball to, to school. Yep. I'd, I'd take it with me in classes. I'd dribble back home. I'd go to training after school. Like it's literally all I did every day, and like completely yes. game. Yes, and and I think you also mentioned you slept with the basketball. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I did, man. Yeah, I slept with the basketball. I I instantly just I instantly wanted to play in the NBA. That was my dream. I wanted to be an NBA basketball player. You know, I was crazy enough to think to myself I wanted to be like Michael Jordan. But I think I said it in the chapter too. I, I think every baller. Uh, dreams of being like Michael Jordan or Kobe or whatnot, you know? Right. And, but the thing is you also, you played with actual NBA players. I mean, the, the, I, I believe, I can't remember the names that you mentioned, but I know you mentioned some overseas guys that you actually played mm-hmm. with. And then you went on, how'd you end up at, was it Furman, correct? Yeah. I went to Furman who had a good run in the NCAA tournament this year, by the way. Well, um, I see you guys. I listen, I thought of you. I mean, you, you mentioned Steph Curry. I mean, the, the thing is the game of basketball. And I, I I hate to cut you off on this, but I want I want people to understand the game of basketball is international. It's an international game, and it's not everyone just focuses on the NBA. But this game is played all over the world, and it's it's touched so many lives. I, I, in fact, I've had Bryce I had Bryce Casson. He was a former basketball player, another one who was an author in the book, and it's amazing to see how much this game kind of helps people and, and takes people through life. So, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you look you look at the NBA today. That uh, I mean, we can go on about this all day, but the top, I'd say, you know, the top three players in the NBA at the moment, you got Nikola Jokic, who's Serbian, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is from Greece, and then um, Doncic from Slovenia. So I mean, they're all they're all uh, they're all from overseas. But but yeah, so I when yeah, I was well, about just sidebar. Giannis is my guy. I like Giannis. I, okay, Giannis yeah, is there my you guy, go. man. <laughs> I love yeah. me some Giannis, man. I, I grew up an Iverson D Wade fan. But nowadays, yeah. if I got to talk to my nephew, he's he's you know he's Lamelo and Steph Curry and all that. But I'm like, yo, Giannis yeah. is that dude. He stayed loyal to his squad. I'm a Heat fan, but I like me some Giannis, man. But go ahead. Nah, yeah, Giannis is incredible, man. I think he's like the modern modern day Shaq. He's so dominant. Yeah, um, and he's got a yeah. he got range, b range. Yeah, like, but that does not make sense for him to be bought and then have the three point shot too. That's the scary part. <laughs> He's insane. He's insane too. He's a, he's a freak, man. They call him the freak. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I played played with some NBA ballers. So when I was 17, I, I quickly started emerging as one of the best basketball players in Australia. And I got chosen to go to the Australian Institute of Sport, which is like, um, I think it's kind of like Oak Hill High School in the US or like, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I, 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 Mello went there because that's in Maryland. That, that's right. Okay, is that in Maryland? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oak, yeah, Oak Hill's in Maryland. We got we had Montrose where Kevin Durant. And the crazy thing is Montrose doesn't even have a basketball program, but that's where Kevin Durant went. And then Oak Hill is, I believe, in Baltimore. Yeah, there you go. So I was so basically I was chosen as like the top twelve basketball players, junior basketball players in Australia, 
And with me there was uh, Joe Ingles, who plays for the Bucks now, but he's always had an incredible career with Utah Jazz. Patty Mills, who played for the Spurs for a long time, is with with the Nets uh-huh. now. Uh, Aaron Baines, who had an NBA career. Um, there was a few others who were close to the NBA as well. Uh, but um, yeah, started started you know playing with those guys. I, I got then chosen to play college basketball in the US, which which was uh, at Furman University, small D one school in South Carolina. Uh, and that was a dream come true, man. Like I, um, I actually had, I, I was offered to play professionally here in the Australian Basketball League, which is called NBL, National Basketball League, after after yeah. high school. But I declined that to go play college ball because that was that was that's a dream come true for me. So, yeah, I ended up playing at Furman for four years. Um, we it was like, it was a time of my life, as you as you know, college sports, and yes. I played. Um, it was the same conference where Steph Curry played. So we played yeah. um played that against Davidson. Curry. He played D- Davidson. That's right. Yeah, he played at Davidson, and um, yeah, came up against Steph a lot. And yeah, I mean, it was we never beat him. <laughs> but listen, uh, but, I, I remember yeah. like when he first came on the scene. I was in I was at Carson Newman College, and he had that game where he was just draining threes. I mean, we were so hyped just watching him ball. We were so hyped watching the ball because Steph Curry, I mean, he just drained a bunch of threes. And I I, I did not, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I did not expect him to be this great of a pro. I just didn't expect no, him. No one did. No, I didn't either. I didn't either. I mean, I, I remember there was, a, there was a play one time in college uh, when we played against him. I, I somehow got switched on him. So the big man set a pick, an on-ball pick. And, I, you know, I, I yelled switch. I, for the life of me, I have no idea why. But, uh, <laughs> but I switched up on him. Um, he got the ball. I'm guarding him. He's around like a three-point line, and then all of a sudden he starts dribbling backwards near the halfway line. He was just just inside the halfway line, and there might have been about five seconds left on the shot clock. I think that that's why I switched because he had no choice but to shoot it. But he dribbled backwards near the halfway line, and I, I was like, I'm not chasing him out there. I was like, man, I just like, no one's gonna make that. I was like, I was like, go ahead, shoot it. What the fuck? Go, you know, shoot, <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot the ball. He shot it, and it swished. And and uh, I, I, we were, I was running on offense, and he's running back on defense, and I'm just shaking my head at him. I'm like, man, the coach, the coach subs me out, and just goes off at me, and he was like, what are you doing, leaving him wide open out there? I'm like, coach, he was at the, he was at the halfway line, man. <laughs> Like, what do you want me? And I never played the rest of the game. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Ellen, that's when you know someone's great, man. That that's yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. So, all right. So, you you finished playing, and you you had a a stint. You were playing pro, and then your your injury, your injuries in the knees and things like that happened. Can you as as because like myself, I've been through that. Can you just walk us through what happened after and how you were able to? make such a transition into the business world yeah so i uh went and i got so another dream come true i got signed professionally to play in greece Giannis's mm-hmm. homeland and um i spent there uh just under a year so after that i went and played professionally in in macedonia and then in croatia so it was about a two-year period where i was playing professionally in europe but uh, when i was in croatia I, I hurt my knee and it was one of those overuse injuries. It wasn't like I landed awkwardly or, or somebody hit me. Uh, like that. Yeah. You know, it was just an overuse it's, injury. It's, those are the toughest, man, because you just yeah. see something gives way. That's it. Yeah, that's right. My knee started giving way. And then long story short, I um, saw the, the the doctors there in Croatia and they were like, yeah, you got a t- torn meniscus. Um, you're going to you're going to need surgery. 
So, man, you, pr professional basketball in Europe is cutthroat. And I wasn't playing at the highest levels. I was playing um, kind of like the equivalent of what a mid-major is in, in college. I was playing at like a mid-major uh, league in, in Europe. And if you're injured, you're no good to them. They cut you. So mm -hmm. I was immediately cut. And I, I was 24 years old or 25, actually, come, come home to Sydney Back in with my parents, uh, had to had to look for for a surgeon for knee surgery. I had no job, like just literally within forty eight hours, this all happened, and, and my dream just immediately crushed. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I just went through a lot of struggles mentally. It was a good about a, a year period where I, I also needed needed money to to pay bills and 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 all that as well. So I needed to get a job. At the same time, I was rehabbing my knee. I just, yeah, it was a tough period. I didn't know what job to get, how to go about it. I started jobs, was fired. Um, I quit lots of jobs. So it was a, it was a tough period for me. Eventually, I my knee got better and I was about 26 at the time, right? So, you know, mm -hmm. as you know, like 26, you're in your prime in, in, your, mm -hmm. in your career. And I wasn't in my prime by any means physically so i was good enough to get a semi-professional contract in australia and you don't get paid enough doing that i was getting about 350 400 bucks a week um and S S sydney sydney is expensive city so um I, need, I needed to get another job so long story short i um i ended up working i landed a role in sales for for the sponsor for one of the sponsors of the team which was a local radio station the semi-pro team that i played for and that's where my, I guess, life started turning. I was going to say my career, but no, my life started turning around a little bit. I, 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 really, I started enjoying that job in sales. I started to, to learn a lot about sales. I started doing well. I was still getting my kick as a, as a semi-professional basketball player playing sports. So I stayed, I stayed, I did that for about three years where I was working a full-time job, but at the same time playing some semi-professional basketball and um and yeah it was a, it was a massive massive learning curve for me and my mind shift started my mind started shifting more towards business than than basketball to be honest because you know after three years there i was about yeah 20, 28 29 years old so i'm like okay the likelihood of me making a living from basketball is it, it, it's not going to happen um because 20 29 now playing semi-professionally in australia um, so yeah, eventually I got promoted for that particular company I was working for to come to the head office uh, in, in in Sydney. The the team I was playing for was about a three hour drive from Sydney. Sorry, a six hour drive from Sydney is a regional town. But I moved to Sydney and started working uh, full time. And now I wasn't playing basketball anymore at all. And more my focus mm -hmm. was a full time job, nine to five. And then that mm -hmm. that's when I felt like, okay, hold on, I'm working nine to five in this corporate sales job, life sucks again. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> right. That's, that's actually what, what I was going to ask you is because I've, listen, I've, I've been a seller myself. I'm in sales. I, I think, to be honest with you, I think everybody is in sales. It's just some people don't want to admit it because yeah. us as salespeople get a really, really bad rap. So what really hit me about what you just said is that you enjoyed sales. Can can you, and now I understand why you say, but just for our listeners, you know, how did you get to a place where 
you enjoy it. <laughs> you know, what was it about it that you enjoyed about sales? Because you get a lot of doors slammed in your face. You get told fuck off by a lot of different people. I don't want what you're selling. You know, it's a difficult, yeah. very, very challenging thing. So how did you get to a point where you enjoyed it? The wins, the like like sport. You in sport, you you well, we all we all really lose more than we win, don't we? I mean, otherwise we'd all end up in the NBA. Um, One thousand percent. Yeah, but the, the wins in sales had the same adrenaline rush for me that sport had, uh, and and I, I like chasing targets. It was something to look forward to, um, and also, man, like to be honest, you you can you can make a good living. You can make some good money. Like I had a base salary and also the more sales you make, the more commission you earn. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed that too. Um, but most importantly, like I just, I, I'm, I'm naturally competitive as I'm sure you understand yes. as an athlete, it really played to my competitive drive. Um, and I just kept, kept um, playing on, on that. Just loved, loved the, loved the competitive nature of it. Now, the media company, was it, were you selling advertising? Were you going door to door and saying, hey, buy a spot on these ads? How, what was your, like, like your, I like to say, how'd you pop your cherry? <laughs> because for me, I, the first sales job I ever had, I was selling kitchen knives, Cutco kitchen knives. This was after I tore my ACL. And, you know, I was like you looking for it. I was 19 years old looking for a job. This isn't I didn't put this in the chapter, but I was looking for <laughs> job after job. And I found vector marketing and they sold kitchen knives. And I'm going door to door selling these kitchen knives and getting told, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Yeah. You know, what, what was your process like? Man, it was similar. I was selling radio advertising uh, to local businesses in the town where I was playing basketball and. It was, uh, yeah, just going door to door from business to business. It was mainly small businesses, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, hey, you guys want a spot on the radio? You can advertise your business. You reach more customers. Nah, fuck off. Okay, next one. <laughs> hey, you want a spot on the radio? You can advertise, uh, reach more customers. Lots of people listen to the radio. Your brand will be heard. Nah, man, we don't need that. Get, get a lot. Cool. All right, you. How about you? You want, you know, that's, that's pretty much it, man. Yes. <laughs> Yes, well, you know, I love that you broke it down like that because you 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 say something in your chapter that has and again I, I consider myself a lot like you. I listen to a lot of different podcasts, I do I read a lot of different business books, and we're gonna get into that in a second. But I, I really think you are the first person I ever heard put together something called a VBR. VBR. Okay. Yeah. So can you please walk? I don't want I don't want to explain it because I don't want to butcher yeah. it. So I'll let you just explain VBR. To, to the listeners because that was the part of the chapter that said yo I, I gotta find this guy on LinkedIn and get him on the show because that hit me yeah 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 okay so VBR stands for valid business reason and I learned that after uh after this first sales job I went to another media sales job but I'll, I'll come back to that later and mm -hmm. basically I got sick of the constant rejection and I thought to myself well, I learned this eventually. There's there's got to be a better way to do it. How do you get less rejection? And and then I learned in in my later sales job that you you have to approach businesses with a valid business reason for them to buy what you're selling, and mm -hmm. and that comes from research. So as an example, uh, I would for example I'd be watching TV, right? And mm -hmm. I see I see a business advertising. Uh, did they have a 50%? Let's say like gyms was a massive target market for me. Yes. And there was a gym advertising on TV. Hey, we've got a 50% off for new members if they want to join the gym membership type of thing. I'm like, okay, interesting. 
Well, a lot of people listen to the radio when they're driving to work in the morning and driving home as well mm -hmm. uh, in their car. People listen to the radio in their car. So then I'm uh, interesting. So then I went and approached that business within the first 10 seconds when I called them. I said, hey, guys, notice you got a 50% off sale for new members saw that out on the tv how would you like to reach those same people on in the morning when they're driving to work and also at night when they're driving home from work through the radio like yes. that's a valid business reason like they exactly. they straight away are listening you know what i mean like exactly that, that's what it means vbis you got to find a valid business reason to approach somebody absolutely and when you think about it, and this again this is for you listeners this is why i strongly again especially if you are a high school or a collegiate athlete that you go out and buy the book is this, these are the things now that you have an opportunity to do as a youngin. You have an opportunity. The, the internet is filled with ads. They're filled with all this opportunity. You have to listen. One of the things that you did a great job, Alex, in, in explaining is sales is so much more about listening before talking you got to listen to what people are wanting and then you just give them that as opposed to just shoving product and shoving offers and shoving services down their throat they don't want to be bombarded with that even if your thing actually is something they need based on the way you say it they may not buy it so you got to know exactly what like i love the example of a gym putting their stuff out because you know that this gym paid money to have this advertisement so somebody's calling them about that advertisement all right now I'm willing to listen. But, but if you don't do your research, you're going to get told, fuck off. I'm telling you, I've been there. All right. You yeah, got to do, do your research. It's very important. And another thing that you, you, you just do a great job, I think, and there is these concepts. There's a lot of these concepts that you talk about when it comes to sales. I, I really want to get into when you were able to establish your business, the athlete to yeah. business. Can you just talk about where that came from and, and how, when, when, when did that idea start sparking for you? Yeah, so, so after my semi-pro basketball career, I was working full-time only and I had nothing else in my life and I, and, and I felt like I had no purpose, no dream anymore. It's like, all right, what, what am I doing now? I'm just, I'm just working nine to five. And, and I thought to myself, all right, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a business owner. I want to work on my own terms. So I don't know what I wanted to do, what kind of business, but I just immersed myself into business podcasts, business books, <laughs> um and, and just started learning at the same time i was working in sales so i was learning a lot about business already right like i was learning how money is generated how revenue is generated you know how to make profits all, all all that by working in sales and along my journey in sales i just noticed a lot of other athletes who were doing really well in sales because of that competitive nature but right. i also i also noticed a lot of athletes struggle with the transition after sport just just like i did and a lot of athletes have no idea the career that they can have and the education that they can have by actually working in sales and in various other business roles. So, yeah, I started I started athlete to business on the back of that nature. So essentially, we recruit athletes with businesses into businesses who are looking for salespeople, marketing professionals, et cetera, et cetera. So essentially, we're. Um, raising awareness to the business world of the value that athletes can bring to their business. And at the same time, we're raising awareness to athletes of their amazing careers that they can have in the business world. So now we, we essentially connect, uh, connect athletes with businesses who value that athlete experience. And uh, yes, yeah, I started the business um, on the side whilst I was working full time. Mm -hmm. And 
for two uh, for, for two years actually it was a, it was a crazy time that and uh and then in 2020 i launched into it full time a week before covid hit and uh, man it's been a, it's been a journey since uh since 2020 we got five people in the business now and and slowly growing now what has been the resistance that you felt because i i told i'm i'm with you 1000% again I run around with the name like Aswan Crookshank. I was told at a very young age that I'm going to have to be selling something. The whole nine to five getting a job, that, that life was not going to be for me. I found that out very, very early. But I, hmm. what I've noticed like you is I see athletes who get comfortable, especially in my sport. Football was my sport. And there was the, the full scholarship guys. And, you know, they, they just walk around with this mentality as if they've made it. They have this mentality as if, people are going to do something for them. So when you start throwing sales at them, when you start talking about research, when you start talking about things that they have to do, that's going to get them out of their comfort zone, that does that present a challenge for you in any way? Or is there resistance that you feel when it comes to, you know, merging those two worlds from, you know, business to, to sales professionals? Uh, yeah, it, it does. A lot of athletes are used to being told what to do and when to do it. Like, you know, as, as you know, as a college athlete, you're told what time to come to training, right. what time to go to gym, what time you catch the bus to go game, the flight, all that. Um, time you go to sleep, yeah. study hall. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, study hall too. That was, I remember that. Um, <laughs> and also as an athlete, you're, you're celebrated a lot as well. Mm -hmm. like people celebrate you. You know, you're, you're, you know, you, you know, you, you looked at yeah, your head is swell, man. Uh, my high school coach used to say it all the time. He's like, the head is too swell, man. You get college coaches coming in, you slobbering all over. You don't know. Yeah. Your head gets too swell. That's right. Yeah. Like you're, you get better than a bit of an ego all, all that, which, which is awesome. But then when you, when you transition into the, into the real world and, and most of us, 99% of college athletes end up going pro in something other than their sport. That's just the reality of it. Mm -hmm. We, it's a it's a it's a shock to the system. No, no one no one's celebrating you anymore. No one cares about how good you are in sport. Um, it's like, hey, can you put together this spreadsheet for me? Are you good at yeah. putting together spreadsheets? Um, um, I, I, shit, it, I hate to cut, but that shit happens like instantly, guys. I mean, listen, athletes, anybody listen, that shit happens instantly. Okay, <laughs> the game yeah. is over the, the last game is over i'll never forget my last game it's over and it's like the sun rose and nothing happened the past 14 years of my life that i was dedicated to this game it's done and people just move on with the rest of their lives i, I can't stress the importance of that all right i mean I, I every time i'm on this subject i can't i cannot stop talking about that shit they will yeah. move on all right you gotta you gotta take this information in. but go ahead Oz, before i get on my soapbox no, man, that's, I, I agree 100%. So we, so I, I speak to athletes and, and this is the mistake that I made. I, I, that, you know, it took me a good two years to get used to that life of no one gives a shit anymore about my athletic prowess. It's, it's all about what can I do for them now? So we, we teach athletes to, to switch their mentality from, because, because athletes are so used to doing something that they're passionate about, which is their sport. And then mm -hmm. we, when we do something else, we find it really weird to do something that we're not passionate about. 
so we we teach athletes to as soon as they transition from sport whatever they enter focus on learning and upskilling be proactive you got you got to know because that's one one of the things like as, as an athlete yeah you are proactive in working hard in your sport but you're kind of told what to do all the time now, now you have to be proactive in learning and upskilling yourself and educating and it's like asking questions right how do i put together that spreadsheet and you, you'll hate it. It's going to be boring. And most sales jobs that I did, I never was, I was never really, really passionate about it. Yeah, I enjoyed it here, here and there, but there was not nowhere near that same passion like I had when I was playing basketball. I have that in my business now, um, but not when I was working in a sales job. But however, I eventually switched my mindset to, okay, you know what? I'm just going to learn as much as I can in this sales job. So one day when I am running my own business or whatnot, I'll be much more equipped to run my own business. So that, that's why we, we're very passionate about pushing athletes into sales, not because they're going to be passionate about it, probably probably not mm. going to enjoy it, but fuck, you can learn so much by working in mm -hmm. sales. Yeah, and it, it breeds entrepreneurship. You know, I, I see so many business owners make this mistake over and over again. They go, they get an LLC. They go get a fancy logo. They go pay for a website. They go pay for shirts and all this stuff, all the semantics and the things that the outs from the outside looking in it may look like you're in business and then the sales part of it it's dead they have no sales whatsoever yeah. because you've avoided you've avoided doing the most difficult thing in business which is going from zero to one dollar you've avoided right. doing you've avoided doing that over and over again and now you you're in debt with this business and no one you have no customers and you can't sell it so i love that you you know you take the athletes in and you say look Learn to sell. I don't give a shit where you go after this, but if you're gonna if you're gonna be in business, you gotta learn how to sell. You cannot avoid sales in whatever it is you do. All right, it's very mm -hmm. important. I believe it was uh, Grant Cardone who famously said, "Look, the the poor middle class. These people are selfish. The people that well, let me not say that. The people who say they don't need a lot of money are selfish. All right, mm -hmm. folks who say mm -hmm. they don't need a whole lot of money are selfish because they're thinking about themselves and they're not thinking about." How can my family, what about my church? What about my community? That's what, that's why the folks who are really in the sales, this is why we, we, again, we get looked at like we're, we're sketchy at times, but at the end of the day, it's because our heart is really big and we know how to, we understand the importance of this stuff. A hundred percent, man. I love that. I love that. That, that, that analogy of, of them being selfish now, I totally mean, totally know what you mean. Yeah, that, I mean, when I heard Grant Cardone say that, and it, it did not hit me until I realized, you know, what he's right, because he's not allowed. Look, you know, if you were like, I consider my mother to be very rich, even though we grew up middle class, but I consider her to be rich because of what she came from. You know, she grew up mm -hmm. in Trinidad. She used to tell me all the time she was very poor. So for her to go from poor to middle class, it took a, unsell a selfless person. So when mm -hmm. I say poor, I don't mean, you know, again, a person who maybe live in middle class. I mean, a person who is deliberately saying, look, I don't need a whole lot of money because they don't want to go out and, you know, sell. They don't want to go out and go door to door and get, you know, door slammed in their face and things of that nature. So. hundred percent. Yeah. I guess they don't have a strong enough purpose to, to, to help mm -hmm. others. And yeah, that's what it's all about. That's what this game teaches you. That's what this game teaches you. So, you know, kind of where let's just kind of talk about where you are now. You know, what do you what's what's the future look like when it comes to what you're doing in business and things of that nature? Yeah, so we're, we're um, at the moment, our, our focus is on Australia and, and Southeast Asia here as well. 
and we we partner with hundreds of businesses all across these two regions that that love hiring athletes and so uh, at the moment what's consuming my day-to-day is, is delivering for, for our business clients and, and finding them athletes who are going to be valuable for their business and then at the same time helping lots of athletes uh transition into a career in in, in business that that's still the main focus of uh, of what we do um in the future we we definitely want to to launch our business in the US as well because I think there's a lot of um yeah a lot, a yeah, lot that, of that, that was actually market. the question mm-hmm. is like if there's an athlete listening now you know how do they get in touch with you how do they how do they kind of proceed with what you what you got going on yeah so I you can just check check us out on Instagram we do a fair bit at athlete to business and then on LinkedIn as well at athlete to business you can follow me on LinkedIn um Alex Opatrich uh, O-P-A-C-I-C and I, I, I post a lot of content about athlete transition, um, sales, how to succeed in sales, how to how you know how, how to run run a business as well from a sales point of view. I, I, I put a lot of content out there. Which um, LinkedIn LinkedIn's another tool that I preach to athletes to to get onto a mm-hmm. lot more than Instagram. <laughs> I think. Um, for me personally, a lot of entrepreneurs, LinkedIn is the the one of the best social media platforms you can utilize to to grow yourself, to grow your network, uh, and and honestly to to grow your net worth. If it wasn't for LinkedIn, I wouldn't have a business today. Wow, that's heavy, man. That's heavy. Is that is that actually how you heard about the six figure athlete? Uh, yeah, like so. Yeah, Taj and I got connected. He, he, he uh, yeah. told me I, he and Taj, if you listen, but he taught me how to use it. That, that I didn't know how to use it for the longest time. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm on LinkedIn all day, every day. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I highly recommend for for any athletes out there, um, to 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 get onto LinkedIn. I mean, there's there's various different platforms online where you can find out on how to you know how to set put together a linkedin page how to use you can check out our blog as well on our um, if you just type in athlete to business blog um there's lots of content on how to set up a linkedin page and how to how to utilize it intelligently and and to gain a network excellent 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 all right so the first of all i want to be very respectful of your time you know thanks you again for coming on but the the way uh actually before we do that is there any uh is there Besides LinkedIn, is there any other way that you want to put it out there in terms of getting in touch with you? Uh, we we do we do Instagram as well because there's a lot of athletes that still live on Instagram. So at athlete to business, um, uh, people can get in touch there as well. Uh, but yeah, it's predominantly predominantly those those two platforms. Um, we uh, like I said, you can check out our blog as well, which has a lot of content. But yeah, link, LinkedIn or or Instagram. LinkedIn is the main thing. And actually, one more thing I, I do have, to, I want to get this in as well. With the with the way things are structured now with NIL deals, has that has that shifted your business focus? Has that changed it at all? Has that helped? Can you speak on how you were able to kind of navigate when it comes to the, the NIL deals? Uh, so what do you mean, the, the NIL deals? So nowadays, I'm, I'm sure you heard, but college athletes can actually get paid now. Oh, yeah, sure. I have. I'm going to be completely honest. Since uh, it's right. been it's been it's been a long time since I've been following uh, college sports and all that properly. I've got um, obviously with the business, I've got two little ones as well. I, I hardly have time to uh, to drink my tea. Um, Listen, since- uh, well, I'll tell. I'm I'm, gr- I'm glad you said because I'll tell you now. Hopefully, it does help. But there are college, there are high school kids now, big time high school players that are cutting 
about six, seven figure deals through NIL. You know, they're allowed to get paid. They're college football wow. players, college basketball. Yeah, they're allowed to get paid now. <laughs> they're allowed to get paid. Right. I believe the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, cut a deal with a sponsor that's like, you know, close to $2 million as a college kid. And these are things that are now allowed. Wow. Okay. That's, that's, uh, I, I did see something. People are probably thinking I'm living under a rock now. Um, but oh, yeah. are, I don't know if I got mentioned, guys, he's doing this interview from Sydney. All right. He's not in the U.S. The, the, the yeah, most yeah, yeah. podcast is going international, baby. It's going international. So he, you're used to, and, and that's what gets me too, is you're used to people going, going pro. Like that's not a big deal, but out here in the U.S. it was like a major violation to pay a kid when they're still in college. But, you know, you're in a situation where you decide to go to college and not take the money. So that's why, you know, it's almost yeah. like catching up to the rest of the world with this deal. Yeah, it, it was, uh, for, for me personally, it was like a more long-term decision. I think long-term right. for my life and everything would have been better to go to college. But in terms of college athletes getting paid, uh, I mean, they generate, college athletes generate, as you know, billions and billions of, of dollars for, for the NCAA and um and various different schools so i mean i'm not surprised that that they're paying athletes as long as you know as long as they are also teaching these athletes on, on how to use that money and invest i mean i'm not sure exactly how much they're paying that, that, but, that's um, what i'm saying though that's why that's why i brought it up because they're not <laughs> they're not they're okay. Such a, okay it's such a mess right now because let's just be a hundred let's keep it all the way a hundred you know the the we'll even use your sport as an example the college player at duke like a uh what was the guy's uh poncho the last year oh, yeah. but yeah he's number one draft pick yeah banchero poncho yeah so he's going to make money but the the player at Furman is not going to make the same money so it almost tips the scale a little bit so if all college athletes to get paid and you get what well, the guy at Duke versus the guy at Furman. Now it just becomes something that's unfair. And that's been the dilemma. That's been the problem is now that you, you just kind of put it out there that they can get paid. Now things are becoming a problem because everyone's not going to get that fair opportunity. And that's where, again, this book that we are part of becomes even more important for every athlete to read because it, it kind of helps level playing, level the playing field. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think also it sends the wrong message to to college athletes as well because it's One like it's such, that's another problem. Yeah, it's such a you know it's it's they're so young like you know I don't know in between nineteen to twenty three years old, eighteen to twenty two, like that's the average age of college athletes, and if you're paying them to play as well, I mean, we as college athletes, I think we, we already focus more on, let, let's be honest, we're, when I was a student athlete, I was an athlete student, if I'm going to be honest, which, which is wrong. Yeah. Um, I, sh I should have focused on school a lot more than I did, and I know a lot of other athletes, like let, let's just be 100 here, a lot of other athletes focus on sport more than they do, they do school. Now, is even a bigger reason to focus more on sport than, than, than school. Um, exactly. So, and, and you never, you never know what's going to happen. Like, like Banchero could, I mean, he's a different, he's number one draft pick. Man, he could, he, he could have a a, a career-ending injury. Now, now what? You know. Um, so mm -hmm. I think, so I think you just have to be careful. I, I mean, I'm hoping they're careful, and I'm hoping there's things there on on how they're paying these athletes and making sure that they're still focusing on school um, first, rather rather than their sport. Because I mean, you've seen there's in history lots of number one draft picks in the NBA. I mean, where where are they now? What what are they doing? Like, what's that dude from Canada, um, Bennett Anthony Bennett? I don't know if you remember. He was a number one draft pick. But exactly. 
I don't think he even lasted in the NBA more than a year for whatever reason. Yeah, so, I mean, so, not only yeah. that, the NFL too, college. I mean, I mean not college, but uh, the quarterbacks, the amount of quarterbacks that busted. It's it's such a mess. And one of the things that made me want to be a part of this book was that because I, I already see where it's going. I see the problem, and you know, it it's again we can sit up here and talk about it, but there's so many things, so many holes that are not being filled and it's just going to take a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope it all works out for, for the best. I mean, first of all, it's good. It's, it's good that they're getting paid because they, they're <laughs> generating a lot of money. People are watching, et cetera, et cetera. But as long as, um, as long as that money is used wisely and the athletes are still focusing on, on their education and, and making sure that they're upskilling themselves as a, as a human being, like one of the best things for me looking back on it at Furman university is uh it, it, it literally helped me become a better adult uh all, yes. all around all around person you know worldly there was at Furman there was students from all around the world they really really made you focus on school um mm -hmm. so I became I became more than an athlete at Furman absolutely absolutely and you know again that's something we'll definitely stay in touch about and you know hopefully your business and what you're doing can figure out a way to help and navigate those waters as well especially as you're transitioning and coming out to the u.s i, I can't wait to get you out here man and man and really me too. Big me too. we're uh we're making all the mistakes here in australia first and then yeah, once sir, we yeah. cut that out we'll come into the u.s i know it's uh i know it's the big dog there it's competitive uh big leagues right so yeah we'll see how we go Never waste a good mistake. Learn from it. Mr. Robert Kibashaki said that one. That's it. 100% uh, true. <laughs> all right. So, Alex, the way I close out all my shows is I want you to, I want you to use your imagination and I want you to just go back to that guy that, you know, had to let his playing career go. He's looking for a doctor. He has surgeries. He's depressed. He's going from job to job. He's not taking care of himself. There's all sorts of problems. I want you to pretend that that guy just came into the room and, you know, just give them some words of encouragement and we'll officially close with that. Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> I love that. Um, what I would say to that person is be patient. Be patient. Uh, life is long and there's so much more value and uh, learnings that you can stow upon other people that 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 you have but you don't realize yet. And and you will, but you have to be patient. Focus on focus on the present, and and just keep learning in the business world. Um, the the other thing I would say as well is is basketball. Just let let it go. Like you get you gave it everything you can, absolutely everything you can. Unfortunate injuries came. It is what it is. You know, shut that world off as quick as you can, and just move on and try to be the best person you can be now going forward. Because I, I didn't do that at the time. It took me a good two years to, to let let go of, hey, I didn't make it in basketball. Um, and, and that really played on me mentally. So I would say, you know, let, let it go. It's done. It's over. Move on. Let's go. What's the next thing? <laughs> hey, man. I'm sure you're talking to a lot, a lot of people right now with that advice. And I hope you, I'm praying that you guys take that one in because it's very important what he said. Yeah. All right. Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. Nice. Let the blessings flow. Let the blessings flow.
Say I'm grateful for not anything but everything Every loss I had to take, I took it on the chin We stood on our ten And I knew one day that we would win again Been prayed on my downfall by many men Oh Lord, I thank you for not giving in Must I tell them once again All I do is pain You either win with us or watch us win That's why I'm grateful for anything and everything That's why I'm grateful for anything and everything Oh Lord, I'm grateful for anything and everything Oh, oh That's why I'm grateful, oh Lord That's why I'm grateful, oh Lord I Behind every loss that came with many rings even though the hatred came with many things Cause I can't go for anything Even though my plate full, I can't complain, I'm grateful Even though my plate full, I can't complain It's everything that I pray for Oh Lord, I'm grateful Oh Lord, I'm grateful Oh Lord, I'm grateful oh, Lord, I'm grateful. Oh, Lord, I'm grateful.